Hello and welcome to From the Rooker End, a 2-0 Watford home win against Blackpool. My name's John, uh, with me is uh, Jason. Good evening. Uh, Michael. Uh, hi, alright? Yeah, of course we won. Uh, and Colin. Hello. Colin, there was some beautifulness there with actually who made it on the pitch. Yeah, I think so. I think the first half was a little bit uh, sleepy at times. Not a lot of tempo or passion from either side. I think they'd come, they'd come to be very defensive and we, we, we played at quite a slow tempo. We started really brightly. Yeah. First well, 15, 20 minutes, we're like, oh, hello, here we go. Bang, bang, bang. Couple of chances, one cleared off the line. Goalkeeper throwing himself left, right and centre. And then we just we seemed to start to play at their tempo and everything slowed down and all got a bit grim. But I think I'm one of the few people in the stadium that has seen both Greaves and Adameo play three times in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Reading which was pretty awful stuff because the ground was empty and they, they couldn't really be bothered and no one seemed to be bothered but Greaves and uh, Adameo Adameo came on for like the last 10 minutes or so and Greaves came on for like half an hour and then I came on Monday night to watch the, um, the Youth Cup under 18s both of them played great win against a uh, Tier 1 academy in Everton and they both played and they both played again today so it's, it's really exciting to see that and Morris of course you've got to yeah. include him I know you're not so keen to include him as one of our own are you but he has come through our academy we have improved him he has been given his starts here not at Southampton and so I think we can count him as one of our own and he, he had another another decent performance Let's talk about that first half Michael because hey, I, I turned to Jason when I think it was after four minutes I said cool that's the brightest we've started for a very very long time it, it, it petered out but we saw a bit less, but still a little bit of a makeshift Watford team starting there. Yeah, the context still needs to be that the only... We lost Bakuna, and you can argue how much of a loss he is. Not, not, not much of one. <laughs> and and a, a probably, what, 80% fit Chowdhury back in. So an obvious upgrade there. We were missing Pedro, we were missing Davis. And my God, were we missing Davis and we were missing Pedro yeah. in, that, in that first half and missing Imran Loser. So key players are still missing from this football side. So that is still a patched up Watford 11 that, that went out there. Um, as you've both said, I think Watford did well to start the game on the front foot, which they failed to do so many times this season. The tempo from the, from the first whistle has been, has been lacking for whatever reason. And, and today it felt that it was, it was there. And, and it felt for me the catalyst for that was the new number 11 uh, Kone in there alongside Hamza Chowdhury, yeah. who, who did what Hamza Chowdhury did so well. If you watch him, his positioning, he's always, he's like a, a sniper, but he's the sniper's bullet ready to go for the ball <laughs> at any, any given moment. So he, he gives confidence, I'm sure. But the words of, of Colin and Lionel from uh, after Reading were ringing in my ears watching Kone play. The, the, swag, the swagger he has. He's like, right, I'm here, lads. I'm in part of this team. We're I'm going to drag you sort of forward, going to drag you, going to make you a, a team, a, a team that the opposition can, can worry about. And I, and, and I think that, that set the tone for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes with you know, Jeremy and Gakia, who, who I've been critical of. I think most Watford fans have probably been critical of. He looked like he was playing with purpose. He was overlapping down the right. It looked like that drive and that purpose was there. But as the game went on, and certainly as that first half went on, Blackpool did what other teams have done here. They broke the game up. They niggled. They, they slowed everything down. They time-wasted. Why wouldn't they? You know, this is a patched-up Watford side, but we've still got brilliant talent out there. We've still got Saar and Kona in the pitch who played at the World Cup. So why wouldn't a team like Blackpool, who are really, really struggling, come and do that? And I, think as they, I think they also worked out how we were playing. We're playing with three at the back and we're playing against a side that is 
dropping deeper, wants to defend against us. So they were letting our, our centre-backs have the ball. You play three at the back, you need some centre-backs that are going to yeah. take the ball out, don't you? And we, we, we know we haven't really got those, have we? Um, and we, it was left to sort of the likes of, of well, all three of them really trying to ping sort of long diagonals. Our centre-backs are pinging long diagonals to our, our overlapping wing-backs. Some works, someone out for thrones. Yeah. yeah, it did. The other one we haven't talked about that midfield, Colin, was Gaspar. Yeah, now, we might. I think the big conversation we need to have here is that Ishmael Asar got man of the match, and there was a little bit of a really from many people around me. The man of the match, and maybe it was a hard, hard call. DCW did sort of send a message to us, but Gaspar was a name that around me, at least in the rookery end, everyone was going, "Oh, look at him! He's played, he's doing well." Not saying he's amazing, not saying man of the match, but his role in that midfield. That makeshift midfield, in terms of him, the makeshift midfielder, I think was it Mike? Yeah, Mike said a revelation. Yeah, I think I think um, one has to remember that he comes from um, the Iberian Peninsula, <laughs> and uh, they are coached from an early age to play football properly, and so you could move him into midfield because he's very got good close control. He's good on the ball, plays with his head up. He's not as impressive, strangely, in his more favoured position as either a right fullback or a wing back. I think he looks much more comfortable in those little uh, tricky spaces in midfield, uh, playing alongside uh, Kone and Chowdhury. And and he's played there what uh, three or four times now, mm. maybe maybe not even that many. He played in there. He, he played in there against Norwich with Bakuna, and he, he looked he looked just he looked very assured and comfortable because he's been coached properly since the age of seven or eight, um, and. We're, England is catching up. You know, you can see young talent coming through that have clearly got been coached in the same way. But when you watch Gaspar play, it's just his awareness around him, as I say, plays with his head up, good close control, and uh, he, he was helped, I think, by having Chowdhury in there breaking things up, and, and as uh, Mike says, you know, being the bullet out of the sniper's rifle and stopping things. But then, as soon as Gaspar gets on the ball, he's looking up. And the thing I also really liked, particularly in the first half because you're sitting high up in the rookery because it was raining so I went and sat in my seat instead of with my mates down the front all soaked um, you can see the pattern of play and, and those three at the back and I agree totally with Jason that none of, none of them are really ball playing there's no sweeper in those three no. that can get out <laughs> so they're just in a line but it's pretty solid and Serrata is very very good in the air getting the ball away um, they, they, they play pretty well Cathcart played a couple of decent passes but what's interesting is you're watching these two fullbacks and they're already at the halfway line and, and then they go beyond the halfway line. So you're, you're basically playing a 3-5-2 rather than a 5-3-2. And, and the advantage is that that allowed us to overload in, in certain areas. We slightly lost our momentum, uh, as Mike says, partly because they decided that the only way they were going to stay in the game was to keep breaking up the play. Referee helped, to be fair, <laughs> uh, with Blackpool because he seemed to call everything against us and literally nothing against nothing. them. Uh, there was one with Saar where he was having it snapped at his, snapped at his heels, snapped at his heels, snapped at his heels, and then he was fouled, fell on the ground, play on. It's like you're supposed to reward players for staying on their feet. And Starr does try to stay on his feet. He has cut that out of his game. And yet, when he is being tackled, 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 the first one was a foul, second one's a foul, third one's a foul, fourth one's definitely a foul, play on. And so it's very frustrating. You think, by then, he's advanced another 10 yards up the pitch and the free kick is in a dangerous area. That's because he stayed on his feet. You have to remember to book Patino right at the end, who was persistent. (laughs) It was was ludicrous. And Gaspar's first foul... And, you know, perhaps it was a high foot, and therefore yeah, there are obviously parameters that dictate what challenge is a yellow card and, and what isn't. But it, I thought it was a, I thought it was a very, very poor uh, refereeing decision, and I was worried that, that nil-nil we were going to be leading the start of the podcast talking about, it, and that would sort of indicate how the how the game had gone. But he didn't help at all today. I think he needed to be stronger on 
Watford's behalf. I did, I did wonder as I was sort of thinking about that whether Watford need to be better at not letting it show and sort of just getting on with it a bit. But but then I thought, well, yeah, getting kicked up in the air, the, the ref ought to ought to stop that. But, but we didn't. I didn't. Think, I think we did actually quite well. I mean, Chowd at one point. He was one of the Blackpool players down in the, by, by the 881. He, he put it off and he kicked it away. And Charlie went to go and get it, literally to go and get it. And he stood, whoa! And he went, I'm just going to get the ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like we didn't actually rise to it too much. No. Being, the way, being the home fans, we might have risen, or I didn't, but they might, we might have risen to it a bit too much. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back to, to Morris. And as one of the people around me, Richard, who sits near me, sort of says, well, Kamara... Does he come straight back in? Do you need to keep that momentum? Yeah, it's a good question. I, and let's, let's give it a bit of context here as well. We've seen things on social media where people are saying Morris isn't isn't a footballer. I think I've seen things like competition winner, yeah. sort of things like that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, on so, well, you know, yeah, I, I, perhaps I should look at social media, Colin. You know, <laughs> and yeah, but you look at that today, and that was that was. From from where he's sort of coming to the side and, and he has struggled a bit today, I thought he was superb. It was a t- you look at the team sheets at the start of the game. He's up against uh, what's his name Bowler, who's who's a, a decent player, and you thought he's going to be up against it today. More the other way around, wasn't it? They, they, we've already talked about how high up the pitch the, the, the sort of wing backs were getting. He was doing that brilliantly. I thought he read the game well. There were a couple of interceptions where Blackpool tried to spray the ball out. Whipped in some lovely crosses. Yep. You're just sort of willing for a Heide Helgeson or a Luke for Blissett, Luke for Blissett <laughs> on the pitch at half time. It'd have loved to have been on the end of those yeah, crosses to so him in. Yeah. And it's a shame that we didn't have someone, certainly in the first <laughs> half, willing to get under the end of those because, yeah, I'd, I'd really impressed with Maurice today. I, and I would answer your question, John. I would say Kamara doesn't get back in over him. And I'll tell you why. I think his because his absence was entirely self inflicted, mm-hmm. it put the team under the pump. One of the few first-team players that we've got available. He's made himself unavailable for four games, second red card of the of the season. And I think we've seen a little bit of Billich's mindset this afternoon in terms of who he's bringing on. Collins talked about the the brilliant win, the the brilliant win for the youngsters in the in the week, and that that, that was a fantastic win. I think anyone who saw it will will really, you know, it was a it was a great performance. And those players got rewarded this afternoon. Bayo got hooked quite quite rightly so early in the game. I think in the, as the first half went on, one of the biggest issues we clearly had that he was unable to hold the ball up. His he couldn't trap a bag of cement today, could he? He had he had a he had a tough afternoon, and you know he made it even worse the way he went off the pitch. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it, it's like oh, oh, what are you doing? Why do that to the rookery? I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're only just arrived. We spent oh, six million on you, and we're nil all. You get, you know, see your number. You just sprint off so yeah. that we can keep the momentum yeah. going. It was really. Or even shocking. listen to that. And then he one got second his, of boom. From where I was, I could see he got his coat and went straight down the tunnel. He won't. He won't start next week. You'd have thought. You'd have thought a crow would know how to operate with the rookery. But yeah, so. I'm, uh, luckily, I'm not here a week. Uh, but, um, but I think we're seeing Billich's way of thinking. He's rewarding people who are putting the effort in and who are, who are putting in the hard yards in training or performing well in front of a 1,000 people in a, in a youth cup size. So, for me, I think Morris has come in and he's, he's come in. What a baptism of fire for him. Mm. And he did struggle initially away against Swansea. It was a poor performance in a team of poor performances. He was put in a, in a, in a, in a difficult position and we were saying well perhaps that's why he hasn't got the nod before now we were sort of I certainly was thinking well you know that's why he, he hasn't been picked but incrementally he's got better hasn't he which culminated in a in a decent performance today Ham, um, Kamara has 
he, he fell for it against Millwall. He absolutely fell for it, got himself sent off, put Watford in a difficult position. And I think with someone like Slavin Bilic, he will remember and recognise that. He will see what James Morris has done in terms of improving over the last two weeks. And I think he'll be, personally, I think he'll be rewarded with the shirt. And, and quite rightly so, because what do we want as Watford supporters? What did we say after that Swansea game? We want players who are going to go out there and play for the shirt. We didn't get that that night. We're getting a lot more of it today. Yeah. And that needs to be rewarded. Especially after half-time. Yeah. Well, you say, second half... So uh, the, the, first half change, the changes. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the first half, great start. It petered out, but it felt like it was just the fact that nothing was happening in the last third. Mm. We're putting that into Bayo, but maybe it's not 100% together. Then he made changes, two, two phases to the second half of the two double substitutions yeah. that he made. First one's being the new boys. Yeah, so, they, and, so and what Those two straight away, it, 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 they weren't initially, Colin, a great choice. It, it mixed things up a bit too much. Um, well, that's not how I saw it. Because what happened when they... We slowed up and well, we, for, when, we weren't doing anything. It's Ferreira, isn't it? Yeah, Ferreira yeah. and Martins came on. And, they, and he played at right back, Ferreira, which is his position. And then uh, Martins played further up as a right winger of a front three, I guess, mm. by then. Because we'd gone to a back four because Truce had come off. And what happened down that side of the pitch was that the tempo just picked up. They just played quicker. Ferreira looks like... A, like a cultured right back he's on the ball he's looking he's cut, cuts inside can beat a man make a pass get forward get it back and, uh, and Martins with his Cucho his, uh, his, his nod to Cucho with his, with his white hair uh, Pat Butcher my friend said he looks like Pat Butcher uh, which is really unfair yeah, he looks a little bit like Cucho as well he's built a bit like him but he started running around there's just a lot more mm. running around yeah. a, the tempo the availability for a pass and, and suddenly we started to pick up, the pace started to pick up. Obviously, they're not, they, they came on, it took a few minutes to get going. Yeah. But, but the, I thought they, re, they, were, they were what made the difference. They were why we won the game, Go I on, felt. I'd be interested I, on your I, 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 So, Ferreira, I was going to talk about. I, there were a couple of moments where he worried me with... Um, looked like he didn't want to go up for headers. But you, you talked about the... Uh, he talked about the um, sort of the, the runs he made down the inside channel. It reminded me a little bit of, of Daryl Yanmat and how he used to do that. Yeah. I used to love it when Daryl Yanmat used to do that. Just got to hope that he's not made of biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Martins, yeah, he. They, well, let, let's talk about the the first goal. Yeah, I mean, that was after the second substitution. Yes, a spray off a Chowdhury, yeah. which completely looked planned and the needed to be changed. Uh, Bio going off. For Adam Mayo, yeah, Toby with an eye because we Adam Mayo, Adam May. Not sure, yeah, we we're not sure. We'd speak to the lads if he walks past. Despite the fact that I've, I've watched his entire Watford career, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. But yeah, so they, that made a difference. Espria made a difference. It was clear that Billich was like, "This game's here for the taking. Mm. We, we can win this game." He's already gone to a back four from a back five, I guess if you call it that, uh, and uh, released an extra player into into midfield and, and attack. And uh, and Espria played a lovely pass on uh, slightly on a break. Lovely weighted pass through to Martins, who, who anticipated the pass, got onto the end of it. Uh, I thought he was going to cross straight away to Toby Adameo, but uh, he thought, mm, I think I might score here. Yeah, so he took a definitely. couple more touches and absolutely belted it. And the keeper did well, basically, to get anything on it, but obviously couldn't control it. The ball fell behind Adameo, who'd anticipated a cross, and he somehow managed to get back to the ball and on the turn, hit it with his right foot, beat a defender and the keeper and, and, and scored... You know, the, the goal that basically made the game 
He didn't look like favourite to me either no, to no, get to no, it. No, no, and, I, and I think I think it was those second that second double substitution that actually changed the game for me. I thought Watford looked vulnerable after half time for a little bit, and I I do agree, Cobb, with what you said. It, it looked like there was a little you could see, at least see the blue touch paper in a sort yeah. of match approaching it, even if it didn't quite get <laughs> lit. I think it did get lit with with that twenty minutes to go after that second double substitution and that goal. Yeah, he wasn't favourite to get there. He used he made sure he did, and he absolutely he wellied it in. And, and what a wonderful moment in the 72nd minute on the Graham Taylor match yeah. day for a, an academy graduate to come on and raise the roof. And it had been coming. What, what I enjoyed about the second half as opposed to the first half was, was where I was a bit critical of Blackpool and their, sort of their antics such as they were. What it turned into in the second half was actually quite a very open, enjoyable game of football. And Blackpool will have sensed an opportunity, I think. They didn't, you know, I don't think Backman had many saves to make. But they were getting in behind a little bit. They were they were streaming forward a bit. Watford were going up the other end. A lot of overloads down their right, our left, weren't they? Sort of two or three players over, and and that sort of worries worries you when balls are heading out there. Even if we go in and win a challenge, second ball, they were probably favourites to win because they just had the numbers there. So it it, it turned into not a slugfest. That would be that would be overdoing it. But it it did turn into a very open game, and I think Watford having the nous and the sort of the bottle and the, the will to get that first goal which was going to be vital Watford don't score many goals I think they'd scored five and nine before today and, and, you, and you can tell that sort of stat has an impact on you as a, as a, as a supporter because I think it was Espria who had a shot from about 35 yards out and I was like oh, I don't mind that it went a million miles over the bar but I was like oh well, we had a shot it's almost mm. quite a, it's like oh we can have a, we can attack we can actually do what we're supposed to do which is, which is score so to get that first goal and it showed what I was talking about earlier will guts desire to get there beat your man be the first there would you have got that from Vacuum Bio look it wasn't his afternoon today he's done the guy's done alright considering the reputation he's come with considering all the hammering he's had he's, cut, he's popped up with goals today he was dreadful you wouldn't have got that from from him so, so you've got to put it down to a good, good decision from Bilic to throw him on it's brave um, and then to the player himself, and well, everyone involved in the, in the goal. To get that first goal was vital, and you felt then that broke the spell. Yeah. Blackpool would have sniffed a, a chance. At that stage, it, the game's probably gone, and I think what Watford did pretty well was to keep their foot on them so they didn't wriggle, wriggle free again. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it was vital to get that, and I think fair play to Bilic. The game was getting far too loose and open for me that second double substitution presumably Chowdhury coming off that would have been agreed anyway but I managed his fitness but I think that was a, a, a brave and clever double substitution and it, and it paid off so I think credit to, to Bilic for, for, for changing it twice in that second period We have to talk about Mr Martins because he's mm. it's his debut uh, and he got two assists really yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got the assist for the penalty in the 82nd yeah, yeah. Mm. I do wish Saar wouldn't take them it just absolutely <laughs> gives me the heebeat can you just smack it in and uh, the little stroll and then the side foot but anyway it was a really really good pen but it was well it was well earned and again it's about this thing of running around Adam Mayo came on and he did more running uh, more chasing down in his 10 minute in the first 10 minutes of his performance than Bayo had done in the 65 minutes previously and, and I think that that inspires a midfield and it inspires the team generally Martins was the same he, he, he got into that position to get that shot off which led to Adameo scoring and then again he chased down a ball uh, which some players might have said I'm, oh the keeper's going to uh, that's the keeper's but he chased it he chased it and the keeper came out 
I'm not quite sure whether he got a touch on it, Martins, but it just went over the keeper's head, but the keeper's flattened him. Yeah. Uh, and he did a, a nice Brazilian um, lie down on the grass, holding <laughs> his sure the oh, the six ribs are broken, ref, six <laughs> ribs. Uh, and, uh, you know, he had no choice but to give it. I mean, it was yeah, a, pretty no, much the one thing you know, he had to give it. Uh, and that, that made the game safe. So, you, you know, when, you, when a player comes on, debut, scores a goal, debut, gets two assists, it just felt like we looked a bit more like a proper team. Like there, was, there seemed to be a shape, a balance, and, and, and a lot of energy and, and high tempo. And that's what, this, that's what this league demands of teams. You've got to play at a high tempo if you want to. Because if you play at a slow tempo, you allow teams, you know, Blackpool haven't won in nine or something, they're down the bottom. You allow them to set up nicely in their shape and, and cut things off and not let you get in behind them. And you've got to play at a high tempo to break them down. And when, once we started to do that, we, we found the cracks in their armour. We made hard work of it, I think, ultimately. But what showed was the, was the difference in class. I thought Ismail Assar did have a great game today. I think he yeah, showed yeah. real willingness to say to his defender, right, come on then, let's have it. And he waited a couple of times and he showed it and then off he went, knowing full well he was going to get kicked up in the air. And he went and he went and he went and he went all game long. And he did exactly what we would ask of a, of a player like that. He made it incredibly, he made it torrid for Blackpool. And he got his just desserts with that, with that penalty. I was delighted to have his, his name on the, on the, on the score sheet. I, I am sceptical about how we will look back over the Ismail Assar chapter. But I'm sure he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves because we expect so much more of him. So personally, I was pleased that he can go home with that and open the paper tomorrow. And it'll be Saar, open brackets, 82, close brackets. He, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he earned it. He, he really he did, did earn that. But what you what you do get that sense of today with Watford is there is quality in this yeah. side mm. and there is quality to come back. And I couldn't stop thinking during that match about what um, Slavon Bilic said. We've got three really important games coming up because they're the three games where we're going to be without the bulk of these players still. So we've had Blackpool at home who are struggling. Now we've got Rotherham at home who you know, you'd know you expect to, to get a decent result against. So it's a patch of time where if we can get through it and then get these players coming back... But it feels like today, though, feels... You know, we, after the Swansea game, we were sat outside the, the railway arms and we were thinking about scraping our way through it. Yeah. And I suppose that's what I felt with the Norwich game mentally or you know mentally we were stronger to get through it and actually today felt actually skill wise ability wise team wise yep. we were stronger and that's how we're going to get through it without having a full strength team if we could yeah they looked more like a team as i yeah. think every, we've all said individually in our own ways they looked they've asked questions which is what we haven't done so many times we started the game well. Yes, we faded a little bit, and then when the when the, the chips were down, they they kept at it. We got to that ball first, broke the deadlock. So they did the things that you have to do. They did the things to make the difference, which we haven't seen before. All too often, it was Millwall, for example, who wanted to make the difference, and they did. Yeah. And they beat us. And you, you have to say as well. I mean, Blackpool adopted similar tactics. Well, Millwall, I think you, you kind did. of touched on that earlier. I mean, Gary Medina up front. Yeah. I saw it. He was he was having a little niggle with Truce off the ball in the Constantly. first half. Saw, saw that going on. Second half, I think he's just chucked Hamza Chowdhury to the ground. Yeah. So there we go. They're trying to wind us up as well. So it, it I suppose it equally it frustrates as much as it does please you in some equal measure that we're able to rise above it today and not in 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 a in a similar type of battle against Millwall in another home game. Yeah, I think we also ought to mention Daniel Backman. And, and the reason I, I want to mention Daniel Backman is because he never really gets a mention because uh, 
keepers tend not, they, not to, they, yeah. you only really talk about them when they do something mm. silly or they make a mistake but actually I think that What's interesting about him, and compared to lots of other championship keepers and lots of keepers even in the Premier League, he really comes out to the D. He likes to come out and be that extra defender. And he's pretty good on the ball. And so he gives, like, Troost and Siralta, he gives them an option, if they're under a little bit of pressure, to just knock it back. So he just seems very assured in a way that he wasn't two years ago. He just seems to be developing as a player. We don't really notice him good shot stopper always was but his positional play and the way that he can uh, distribute the ball is improving I think game by game certainly season by season and I think that he deserves a lot of a lot of credit for that uh, the hard work he must have put in and uh, I think that he's becoming one of the leaders in the team I have to say though second half I went down to right down the front of the rookery in the third row because it stopped raining because it stopped raining <laughs> it was very quiet and you know when you go to watch you know, uh, non-league football or you go and watch your kids play for everyone's shouting their heads off right? mm. and, and this is a Watford so it's almost entirely silent but that, Chowdhury's that, not shouting oh, Cathcart's not shouting uh, no not the stadium oh, no, not sorry, the stadium yeah, no, 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 no the team and that worries me because you want them all shouting at each other egging each other on pointing at players pick him up no you've got you know you've, you've made a mistake get in there you know and, and is that no not just no, fans wanting to no, see it what if they no, know it with each no, other because when you watch I'm when you watch Liverpool playing. during Covid when you watched when there were empty stadiums, all you heard for ninety minutes was Henderson bawling his players out, shouting. Other t- other players, other teams in have are much more vocal, and we are very very quiet. And I think that someone like Chowdhury or Troost or somebody needs to really be much more vocal. The whole team needs to be more vocal. I think it's partly to do with the culture. You know, players come to them, they've got their headphones on and was talking, they're all looking at their phones and then they go out and play and everyone's quite quiet or they don't speak the same language or whatever it is. But we were second half and sitting there watching us come you know come towards the rookery, it was like I can't yeah, hear any yeah. Watford players talking an, to each other. It's Why an not? ongoing issue. I think it's a, and it's a big issue, and I think it's the, the root of a lot of our problems over the last couple of years is that we haven't got leaders or people willing to stick their head up and and cajole and rally and, and organise. We haven't got that, and I think I was about to give um, the recruitment team credit because we talked about the improved performance. Kone came on and was and was good. Martins came on and, and obviously looked like he's going to be decent. Ferreira. There's a player there, isn't there? Obviously, and he's a he's a right back, and we need yeah. we need a right back, regardless of what Slaven Bilic said. Slightly peculiar take from him, I think, in the week, saying that he didn't want or need him. We obviously need a specialist right back, just like we needed a specialist left back as well. So we've brought those players in, but I think overall, if you look over the last two, three years, have we brought in those leaders? Have we brought in those organisers? Have we brought in those players who want to be the senior? Part, part, part players in the squad and I'm, we didn't have to for a long time because we're Troy Deeney well exactly but then you have to replace yeah. that element of yeah, it yeah. you have to you have to replace that leadership and I, I think we found that's a really really good point from Colin we talked about it today about Blackpool and Gary Medine there's one time when he, he, he they were just jostling with Hamza Chowdhury in the middle of the field and he literally just chucked him over his shoulder that shouldn't be happening on the, and they shook hands afterwards they had a bit of a joke about it but what you want is a captain going up to the referee saying Keep a freaking eye on that. That's nonsense. It doesn't happen on a football. Yeah, I think there was another example of where I wanted to see Cathcart play more of that captain role. At half-time, a couple of the players did go up to the referee to complain about the decisions. Cathcart sort of wandered over, pulled them away. You then want your captain to go, right, ref, I'm the captain. Yeah, what was going on there? Why didn't we get this? Why, we, yeah, why did they get that when we, we had a similar challenge going on down here? But he didn't. It just sort of, they just sort of then sort of walked off the pitch. 
And then, in fact, I think one of the, I can't remember which Blackpool player it was, but the ref was walking off talking to a Blackpool player. We, we've gone into the dressing room. And I want to see our captain, yeah. whether it's Cathcart or whoever, leading, like you say, talking to the ref where it needs to happen. You don't have to shout at them, you don't have to scream at them, but you have to give a give them a breakdown of what they've done wrong. It's a very important role to play as a, as a, as a captain. Some well-considered feedback. Yeah, that's the one, that's the one. We need to, you need to be really clear that that was, a, that was on a knife edge, that game. We've won the game 2-0, everyone's going home happy. But fresh in our minds are those devastating performances, really, against Swansea and Millwall. They're, they're never too far away. We've, we talk about Rotherham coming next week. They'll know what they've got to do to get, to get this Watford team struggling. And so we're never far away from that. They have to, build, they have to learn from it. They all have to carry on. They just has, we've been consistently inconsistent this season. The downs have been far too down. And we can't have too many more of those. I think Slavin Bilic is making it clear. I think a message has gone out. He will not tolerate passengers in this side, regardless of the uh, of the makeup of it, regardless of the uh, of the of the injury side of it. Um, and I think there's still we probably still need a couple of additions. Whether we'll we'll get them or not, I don't know. But they've got to hang on in there. And it's we're a really difficult we're at the crossroads I still think we're at the crossroads I think we're, we're there's another step in the right direction this afternoon but all too often this season we've taken a step in the right direction and then basically fallen over and we can't we can't allow that to happen anymore so I don't want to get too I'm, I'm pleased with the win I thought the nature of the win was excellent but we've beaten Blackpool who haven't won in, in nine games we have had a really odd season I think so far in terms of our performance but we're third we're third in a very, very difficult division, uh, so we're in a decent, decent position. They cannot let it slip through their fingers now. Now is the time. We've set up base camp. Now is the time to strike for the top. And if you go, you've got to go with purpose, and you've got to, you've got to mean it. And I, th- I just want to see the whole thing united. I like Slavin Bilic. I like what he does. I like what he talks. He talks to the fourth official the whole time. Very amiable. He's there in his ear. But in a nice way, not like a former Bournemouth manager. So I think, you know, we've got the ingredients here. I think us as supporters, we're still a bit... We're still a bit dubious about this team, quite frankly. It's, you know, I thought it was a good atmosphere today. It wasn't, um, wasn't amazing. That's completely understandable. We've been, through, we've been put through the mill, I think, by this side too, too many times recently. But the ingredients are here for an exciting couple of months. But it really is down to this group of players now to get us through this, this hump where we've got these, these key players missing. Um, but I think a bit of togetherness now. Hopefully, we've, could, uh, we've got some exciting times ahead. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. Um, see that, Colin? <laughs> yeah, see ya. Uh, you're not exactly going to do a runoff like a DTW does. More of a stroll for the old well, brigadier. I'm, 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 I'm 60 this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stroll away. Oh, okay. uh, I am going to Burnley on Tuesday night, and I think that will be a really big key game in terms of where we are, what our progress is, because they are doing really amazing things under company. Going up there on a Tuesday night, be cold, possibly snowing. Uh, if we can get a point there or put in a good performance, maybe sneak a win, and I think you can say, okay, this this Watford team is serious about being promoted. If we get battered four 0 like you know, like we did at Swansea or the game games against Millwall, then you go, okay, well, we're not quite there yet. But we are third, yeah. won twelve games. We've won a lot of games under Billich. The Swansea and Millwall games loom large because we had nearly a month off before we played those games, and they 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 really hurt us psychologically, I think. But you know, if you go back before that and then now since. He's he's got he's got 
He's got the, the will. I liked what he said this week when um, the new recruitment guy, what's he called, Man- Manga? Manga, yeah. He said, oh, yeah, no, automatic promotion's gone. In, his, in some interview in, in, a, in a foreign magazine. Mm. And Bilic was asked about this and he went, no, no. I don't, that's not who I am. I'm a sportsman. I'm, I'm hardwired to win. I'm, I'm looking at winning the championship. That's what I think. It's only t- ten, people go 10 points. It's 10 points. They've gone. They haven't gone. Nine, it's now nine points. Nine points in the championship. It can evaporate in seconds, as we've seen, like with Blackburn. Uh, he were flying high and, and they got beat again today. And you, it can happen. You can, you can get into a real bad rut in this, in this league, but equally, you can get on a great run. So um, I like the fact that he's still got that ambition. He's not trying to be coy and care, well, you know, we're thinking about the playoffs or well, we just take one game. And, no, no, I want, to win, I want to win the division. That's yeah. what I'm here for. And uh, I think with that behind these young players and this, this team with the three new recruits plus the three academy players today, I think there's a lot of positivity. So with that, I'm going to walk back to Watford High Street Station. See <laughs> <laughs> you soon, Mike. Because my dream, Michael... I don't want to hear about your team. <laughs> no, my, my wish, let's say, should I say, let's not cook too extreme, John. The fact that the th- new signings came on, they helped improve a team uh, because it's always this time of year. It's not my favourite time of year when actually the, the the criticism of a transfer window that's still open is around. And you've already sort of said, "Would are we likely to see any more? Are we? Aren't we?" But hopefully, the reaction to the transfer window can be only better now. We've seen it in action. We've brought, you know, we've brought players in who have made a difference, and that's that's all you can ask for. You you need want to see them make an impact. I think Kone looks like a super signing. Martins is obviously going to offer something in this division. Ferreira, you know, is we'll, we'll, let's wait and see. I think it was a frenetic time when he came on. An interesting debut, I think, for him, but he looked composed at times. So, and when you, when you meld that with every with all the players to come back, then I think we're in with a with a chance. I think there is. January transfer window is really difficult because everyone wants a striker, but who's going to let a striker go in the? Who's going to let someone go who is playing well in in January? I think there was an, a heightened sense of necessity around this transfer window because of how, how many players were were missing. When everyone comes back, and it sounds like it sounds like I'm looking for some wood uh, to touch. Um, Jacob's forehead. There we go. Gave it the old Bartes. I was going to kiss it then, but uh, I'm not Laurent Blanc. So uh, uh, there's this, this a des- the sort of there's a, basically desperation stakes with so many players out. But touch wood, it feels like that they might be coming back soon. Mm. I think the, the way that Billich was talking in the week, it sounds like lo- loser. We are going to see him again this season. I, I, I thought potentially we wouldn't see him again. Um, him cleverly, Davis. And then, and then Pedro to come back. It does make a massive difference to this squad, and it, it, it and it is a good squad with with those guys in it. And the difficulty we've got is if you bring players in, that's the money. Mm. And it's not just just the money though, is it? Like, it's, 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 it's it's trying to keep yeah. that squad happy. If you've got that many players all fighting for a place, and we say we see these players that come in look like yeah, they look good enough to to be in the first team the players that are coming back are all good enough to be in the first yeah. team you can only pick 11 players yeah. And, and yeah you, you, you're you struggling to fit them all in And but you've got to keep them happy and if you're if you are aiming for promotion if you're on a, if you're on a run to get to the top you, that squad harmony needs to be there and it's difficult if you're trying to fit everyone in and yeah. the last thing what a great headache to have though <laughs> yeah and I, th- and I think we started to, that's the sort of we're seeing the very very green shoots of that togetherness of the understanding of how 
important their roles within this squad is and you don't want to just bring in people just as stop gaps because we've got no. injuries we've we've had enough of that of, as Watford supporters and I think I said the lack of leadership has been one of the causes of our problems over the last couple of years but so has not getting in the right people the right characters and I think you're in there's a massive danger you look at the injuries How, would you get back to that do you think actually we didn't bring in the right characters or we didn't have a manager to bring the characters together <sighs> I think if you look back over the last two seasons, we haven't we haven't made the correct signings. That's the question: Have we, yeah, with the right manager or managers? Yeah. But if we've got this model, where you have the players in place and the setup in place, that means when you do change manager, it's not meant to affect things. Then you've got yeah. to have the right players yeah. with the right character and the right mindset that won't. And, and I'm not pointing any fingers here, but again, you sort of it goes through your head when things aren't going well. If the players don't like the way things are going with the with the latest manager, are they not trying as much just because they know they'll be all right? It'll be the manager that gets the uh, gets the, mm-hmm. the bullet. So yeah, you, you absolutely need the right players with the right mindset. And we'll see if uh, there will be any new mindsets coming in. But Mike, do you reckon anything? I think we might. I don't. Know, I think I'd be surprised if we don't see another body coming in I mean I've got absolutely no idea I'm, and I'm guessing it feels Bernie like midfield I reckon probably I'm, I'd, I'd be surprised if we see anything coming up top I think it feels like we're we're stocked in in that area that's I guess the big question is about Ismail Asar I did see him sort of waving to the corner I don't know whether that was, he had family up there or whatever but he did walk around to the end of the the question mark has to be over so the big question is who's going to buy him you look at teams like Everton who are struggling, Villa who feel like they might have turned the corner a bit. Palace, do we want to deal with Palace? I don't think the, uh, I don't think Scott and Gino would want to deal with Palace if they can help it. It's you know you're looking at Everton and, and those sort of clubs. Are they going to are they going to splash the cash for Saar? Is indeed Ismail Saar happy here? I thought that was one of his better performances today. Was that a signal of intent? So I guess if he goes. You're going to see more of uh, Mateus Martins, I suppose. So up up top, I think we're we're pretty well stocked defensively, with the emergence of uh, with James Morris, Kamara to come back in, Ferreira at right back. The centre backs did all right today, didn't they? They imposed themselves and uh, and and looked good. So I think it's that midfield area where we probably started the season light, and we've got massive injuries, so we're still light. So I think midfield, but again, Kona is coming. But so if it was going to be anywhere, I think it would be midfield I'd be surprised to see anything coming at the front or the or the back personally so it was the uh, anniversary sixth anniversary this week of uh, Graham's Taylor's passing you know lots of people as we look over yeah if you look over at the the statue there's some flowers in his hand uh, and before the game we saw some wonderful uh, montage on the big screens and it did start to rain uh, at Vicarage Road uh, as the uh, raining in my heart song uh, was was being played um, but I think the most Grahamy moment of the whole day was that goal from from Toby with an eye where he he ran he cheered he looked and then he held his head in absolute disbelief actually about what was happening around him yeah and the best moment was at the end of the game he literally went and high-fived and signed whoever wanted his signature and whatever pitch all the way along the front of the rookery of a young player through our academy who was lapping up yeah, a dream a dream came true this afternoon for that for that. What is he? Seventeen years old. You come on 
if you're a if you're a, a young boy or girl supporting Watford, and what's your dream? Come on, your home debut, score in front of the the rookery. His his dream came true, and and you're right, it happened in the 72nd minute, which is obviously uh, an, an important moment, an important uh, number when it comes to Graham Taylor, sadly. <laughs> Hello, Mike here. Yes, Mike, interrupting. Who would have thought it? But I think you'll forgive me this one. Um, I got a message during the podcast record from um, Finley Johnson. Thank you ever so much for the message, Finley. Um, And he wanted me to share the message with you. And I think you'll understand why when you hear it. This is what Finley had to say. For my day job, I'm a teacher. The teacher of our current under-18 academy group at Watford. I'm teaching on the BTEC in sport they have to complete as a scholar. Most of the season, these boys have been battling the challenge of playing under-21 football with little success results-wise. It would be fair to say it's been a struggle for them at times. However, I find them to be the most exceptional group of young men I have ever had the pleasure of teaching. So the last week or so, topped off by Toby's goal today, makes me so incredibly proud of them. The first starts and debuts at Reading, the Youth Cup win and today's celebrations have to go down as one of the greatest weeks in this club's academy history. In my life, I have no shame admitting I've cried with joy on three occasions. My wedding day, the birth of my child and when Toby scored today. Toby is a tremendous character with a massive heart and I'm sure all the boys will be so happy for him. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast. Please wish me luck as I attempt to pull the boys down off the ceiling and continue with our nutrition assignment. So first and foremost, good luck with the nutrition assignment, lads. And Finley, of course, teaching them. But on a personal note, what a magnificent note to receive and it just it's always great when Watford win but hearing from Finley there it just means so much more on today of all days the Graham Taylor match day and we all know what Graham was about in terms of wanting to make not just good footballers but good people and what that message from Finley proves is that that Watford is succeeding in that and and Finley alludes to the fact that the under 21s have struggled results wise but as, as human beings, they sound like wonderful, wonderful people. And Finley, I'm sure you play a huge role in that. So thank you on behalf of us for your role in that as well. But what a wonderful feeling uh, as Watford supporters to know that one of our own, um, who has worked so hard to make it, has arrived on the scene today at Vicarage Road, fulfilled what must be a childhood dream on the Graham Taylor match day. What a wonderful Wonderful little story. Thanks again, Finley, for for sharing it. And I think it reminds us how lucky we are to be football supporters because football delivers these stories, but also to be Watford supporters because it seems to me that we get more than our fair share of these stories. Uh, And a lot of that is down to the ethos uh, and legacy left by the late, great Graham Taylor. Thanks again, Finley. And what Graham did for us, and it does bear saying again, is that he made our dreams come true in his first period of manager, in his second period of manager, and his legacy continues to make dreams come true. I'm looking down at Eli at the moment. It doesn't look like his dreams particularly come true because he's got freezing cold. But I remember, Eli, we went down to Southampton on the Junior Hornets coach and had one of my favourite days as a Watford supporter with the Junior Hornets. And that is all down to Graham Taylor. The stuff that that bloke made possible the stuff that that man has left behind for us and our families and our friends and hopefully our families families and our kids kids and generations to come will get to enjoy all because of the vision and the commitment and the passion and the discipline uh, of uh, of that and the generosity of spirit of that of that wonderful man he he just made 
it just continues to make dreams come true. I think it's the most, the, the best way we can put it. He's really missed. I think if you look at the world today and uh, and how some people choose to act in their, their daily life and you juxtapose that with how Graham Taylor insisted that he held himself to a high standard and he held everyone involved with Watford to a high standard, including the supporters. There was expectation levels. And it's you'd think, what would Graham Taylor make, perhaps, of, of today? And you think, well, it's easy, of, 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 of the modern world. And you think, well, let's use that as inspiration. And, yeah, it's just any, any moment, any occasion, obviously it's a sad occasion today, but I think it feels more celebratory now. Yeah. We're able to celebrate what he... Because now we've got a... We understand that he's gone, and obviously he's, he's sorely missed, but we understand just the, the huge weight of his legacy, the gravity of it, and we're able to celebrate that and just count ourselves lucky as, as Watford supporters that that man ended up... Here at here at Vicarage Road and and did what he did. It's um, and I'm so glad that we uh, that we won today for him. I think he would have he would have approved of that performance. Yeah, and a nice uh, minute applause uh, for Gianluca um, yeah. Viali as well before the the game. So we finish here uh, back again next week and see what we yeah. take on Rotherham. Uh, but take us out with a big come on you horns, Mr. Eli. Come on you horns. <laughs>